Welcome to another edition of The Christ Life. Uh, really, our prayer is that you are continually bringing in these messages and not just hearing them, but allowing the Holy Spirit to challenge you to applying it in a way that you really do live the Christ life. When the, the world doesn't need another sermon, the world doesn't need all this stuff out there. They don't need a new worship song. What they need is people who are living the Christ life. And so we've been in this sermon series called uh, Joyful Living, because as you are living the Christ life, this is a natural extent of that is you live a joy-filled life. And so we we've been giving you principles all along the way. We talked about uh, the first principle was simply joy is relational, not situational. And we looked at that joy expands or it grows as we are people-centric, not self-centric. And so I, I think that's still a good place for us to always do a check of where are we in all that. Today, though, we're going to begin to look at uh, joy, especially as it relates to perspective. And I want to start by showing you this picture, because when you think about perspective, uh, that's your idea of truth. And when you see this picture, you see one guy looking at the number six, and you see the other guy looking at the number nine. Who's right? Well, the person that is seeing it from their perspective is surely right to themselves. Perspective is, uh, is so critical to living a joyful life, because without the proper perspective, you can go through life thinking that you're right because of your perspective and really feeling like life never really amounts to much. You never really find true joy. And so we're going to challenge that perspective. I think Paul does a good job of challenging that perspective as we move through here today. But I want to ask you this question just about life in general. And I want you to, to fill in the blanks to this question. Life for you is what? For me, life is, and then fill in that blank. And to die is what? Now, don't go all religious and think this, this is a spiritual test and you're going to write what the scripture says if you know it. Give an honest assessment. Where does your, where does your time go? Where does your, you know, where do you put your talents? Where do you put your finances? I had a, a couple guys that I worked with when I was in high school on this construction site. And I, I was just this high school laborer kid. And these guys were married and had kids. And, and they were actually brothers. This was Mark and Joaquin. And these guys were very hardworking. But as soon as the bell ended, it was all about fishing and hunting. And so for them, life was about fishing and hunting. And for them to die is to no longer fish and hunt. And so for you, what is life? Because it's perspective. If you believe the life that you are living is the right life, then you'll live in such a way that will uh, ultimately fulfill that. But at the end, what do you have? Uh, for so many that never find a life in Christ, when they get to the end, the millionaire doesn't, or the billionaire, I guess, in our days, doesn't, doesn't look to the nurse and says, hey, will you please bring my latest bank statement? Doesn't do that. Uh, because ultimately, it's relational. Uh, I, I, I think it was uh, uh, Rockefeller that said, uh, success in life for him uh, was when you get old, your kids like you. Because there was this, in all the money, there was this understanding of the importance of relationship. 
But what is your perspective? Let's let's look at Paul's here in um, Philippians chapter 1, starting in verse 12. Exactly. This is a powerful set of verses, and there's 15 verses here, so I'll read some of them, and, and Rich will read some of them, but we want you to catch this, this phrasing here. But Paul speaks about living in Christ and dying in a way that is gain. And so, I want you to know, brothers, that what has happened to me has really served to advance the gospel so that it has become known throughout the whole imperial guard and to all the rest that my imprisonment here in Rome is for Christ. And most of the brothers, having become confident in the Lord by my imprisonment, are much more bold to speak the word of God without fear. Some indeed are preaching Christ because of their envy and rivalry, but there are others who preach from goodwill. The latter do it out of love, knowing that I am put here for the defense of the gospel. The former proclaim Christ out of selfish ambition, not sincerely, but thinking to afflict me in my imprisonment. That's an interesting juxtaposition there. So his, here's his conclusion. What then? Only that in every way, whether in pretense or in truth, Christ is being proclaimed. And in that, I rejoice. He goes on and says, yes, and I will rejoice, for I know that through your prayers and the help of the Spirit of Jesus Christ, this will turn out for my deliverance, as it is my eager expectation and hope that I will not be at all ashamed. For that, with, uh, but with that, full courage, now that as always, Christ will be honored in my body, whether by life or by death. For me to live is Christ, and to die is gain. If I am to live in the flesh, that means fruitful labor for me. Yet, which I shall choose, I cannot tell. I am hard-pressed between the two. My desire is to depart and be with Christ, for it is far better. But to remain in the flesh is more necessary on your account. Convinced of this, I know that I will remain and continue with you all. There's that Texan part again. With you all for your progress and joy in the faith, so that in me you may have ample cause to glory in Christ Jesus because of my coming to you again. It's powerful, isn't it? What great words. And the principle, the joy principle that we want to share with you today, each one of these uh, messages where each one of the stops that we make through this whole Philippian epistle is to really bring about a a specific principle. And the principle today is that the joy of being in Christ is what brings us a perspective. That how you see the whole world is changed by your, your position, your relationship with the Lord Jesus Christ. How you go through every experience that you go through. It's an issue of perspective. I uh, When I think about perspective, among the crazy, silly thoughts that run through my mind is the, uh, the remake of the ancient Aladdin story uh, that Disney did with, you, you mentioned, you know, life is not a Disney movie. Well, there are some cool Disney movies. And, and the musicals, I just think, are, are amazing. It's just the creativity that goes into it and all of the things. And occasionally, there's just a song that just, you know, just lights you up, that you, you find yourself kind of singing along with and getting. But it's from the Aladdin movie, and uh, if you haven't seen it, I'm not saying it's, you know, this is a gospel movie. It's not. But 
Uh, Aladdin has discovered a flying carpet, a magic carpet. And he's the princess that he is wooing and trying to win the heart of it. He's going to take her on this magic carpet ride into a place that he sings about. And the song title is A Whole New World. And it's really an issue of perspective. You know, they've lived in a world where everybody tells you no and where to go. And they say, oh, you're only dreaming. But in this whole new world, in this place, this magical place, this place that, that we're going to ascend to from way up here, it's crystal clear that now we're in a whole new world. And it's, a, it's just an interesting song, but it's, it's a song about perspective. You can, you can be so caught in your situation. You can be so caught in the moment and the stuff that surrounds you that that defines everything about you. But when you have the joy of the Lord, when you have this understanding that your, your joy isn't about the situation, it's about the relationship that you have, mm -hmm. and that this joy expands inside of you because you're about God using you and moving through you into the lives of all of those that he wants to touch and that you're a part of some big, magnificent something that God is doing. Well, that's a whole new perspective. That's a whole new world. That's the world that we affectionately call the Christ life. And, and from that place of perspective, we now are living in a, in a way where we can see our situations differently. Because again, the joy that we have helps us to see, not from the situational, but the relational. But from this relational perspective, I now see my situation. And so for Paul, that meant, you know, I'm currently in chains. And that, that's the situation that he brings about. He, he, Paul, in verses 12 through 14, talks about these chains. And this the, is just the reality of my life. And he didn't accept this reality of his life was, oh, I'm, I'm in prison and I'm in jail now because, you know, I've been a bad boy or something's happened or, or worse, that somebody uh, tricked me or somebody, uh, you know, uh, lied about me. He had, he had ma all manner of experiences in his history where people did just that. They lied about him. They, they dogged his steps and, 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 or they accused him before others of preaching a gospel that really wasn't the truth of God. And, and so he had all manner of adversaries. And, and even to this place of being imprisoned, here's what he writes about. He says, while I'm here in my chains, it's an interesting thing. Uh, how did I get here? And here's the phrase that I think, here's the perspective that I think uh, God brings to him. I'm here because God has graced me, that God has, he has, excuse me, guided me into this place. God led me into this place. If, you, if your faith and your joy doesn't let, rise to the level where you believe God could put you into a difficult place, then you're missing a massive part of the Christ life. And you're missing the joy that comes in this followership and in this sacrificial journey. He was there because God had led him there. He was in that place because God who loves him had provided for him. And so he doesn't go there grousing and complaining, oh, oh if, if you really loved me, you'd get me out. No, no, no. It's the one who loved me who put me in here. And so his perspective is one of great joy because uh, I'm in chains. Yes, I'm in chains, but I'm in chains as the, the bondservant of the Lord, God has guided me into this place. And, and as a result of being right here right now, I'm able to share the faith. I'm able to share the joy. I'm able to share the love of Christ with all these Roman guards. These are men that I wouldn't have met, except that they've been assigned to guard me in this prison. And then he writes about them. And it's interesting. He writes about them as brothers. These all these, I, I've got to introduce you to these brothers in the faith. When he writes the epistle of the Romans, he has all these Roman names in there that were many of them, I'm sure, 
you know, soldiers who, before they guarded this prisoner, Paul, they had no knowledge about the Lord Jesus Christ as, as their Savior. But that's what he came to do. That's why he was there. God guided me into this relationship to share the faith and the glory and the blessing and the joy of the Lord with you. And so uh, there are brothers in the prison that I rejoice about. My perspective is they wouldn't be brothers if I wasn't right here right now in these chains. The other thing that happens is that the outside, there's a whole bunch of preaching going on. You know, I, I can't be there because I'm in here. And so I'll preach in here, but out there, I hear all kinds of preachings going on and they, they do it for a bunch of different reasons. But the reality is that wherever they go, Christ is being preached. Christ is moving. And so he writes with a sense that, uh, that, that there is a reassurance in my soul. There is an understanding in my soul that God put me here and he put me here for this purpose, that I might live and move in the Christ life, that the joy of the Lord might help me to, to from this place, to be a person of perspective, to be a person who sees that Christ is in me and I am in Christ even when I'm in chains. Mm -hmm. mm. You know, as you're talking, it's, it is interesting thing about Paul that his love for the Lord uh, really uh, supersedes and overlays everything that does bring an incredible perspective. So for our perspective of Paul, is certainly different than his perspective of Paul. But God not only saw his perspective, but sees our perspective, and yet even in a fuller fashion. And here's what I mean by that. So when Paul is uh, is going around his missionary journeys, he is he's doing things for the Lord. Because even before he uh, really gets knocked off his high horse, so to speak, and comes to Jesus, he was a guy who had been places. He, he, was, he was a mover. And so as he comes to the Lord, he's doing things for the Lord. He's sharing the gospel. The gospel is important to him because Christ is important to him. And certainly from his perspective, he would have much rather not been in chains and out sharing the gospel. The number of people that were with him in his missionary uh, journeys, uh, it's quite possible if, if we took my, say, for example, my spiritual lineage and had the ability to go back and see that you know, I became uh, a follower of Jesus because my dad was a follower of Jesus and his his dad was a follower of Jesus. And and he was introduced by so-and-so uh, who was introduced by so-and-so. And you go all the way back to maybe one of these guys that was with Paul. Paul could have gone out and continued to do that. So that lineage continued. But from God's perspective, he knew that the kind of work that he could do for him, through him, could be better done while in chains. Why do I say that? Because I think that there are people who feel like they're in change. You're in a, you're in a marriage where your spouse isn't a, a believer. You're in a job that seems to constrict. Don't give up the perspective that God has brought you to this place so that he can use you in a way that will far exceed what your physical presence could ever do. Mm -hmm. And so move into that and recognize that. And, and then I think the other part is that he moves into a place where uh, he's among critics. He's not just in chains, but he's among critics. And we live in a world of critics. If you don't have anybody criticizing you, it's because you've not gotten an opinion <coughs> out there. Because every opinion that out there has 15 perspectives on what is right. And so people are always, nee, 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 nee. and they were doing that with Paul. They were saying that Paul is in jail because of his lack of spirituality. They were criticizing him. Now, he could have very simply said, they're wrong, they're wrong, they're wrong, they're wrong, they're wrong. 
But he didn't try to defend himself in this. I've not sinned. I've not done He'd begin to turn it to the most important thing, the gospel of Jesus Christ. So he defined what was being said in a different way. I'm here in the chains because of the gospel of Jesus Christ. It has everything to do with the gospel of Jesus Christ. Why? Because of the love of Jesus Christ. And the love of Jesus Christ will always move you toward the gospel. When you begin to share the gospel, you're going to have critics. You're going to have people that think that you are, you're, you know, you're crazy. You know, you're not, you know, your elevator's not going all the way to the top floor. And so they are gossiping behind your back there at the workplace. Everything that the enemy will use to get you to believe or reposition yourself or accept a different perspective, he'll do through critics. Uh, It's impossible for us to, to really ultimately fend off all the critics. So what do we do? We rejoice in the relationships that we have. We we go, wait a minute, I have this relationship with the Lord. And the, and while they try to, they try to tear down what the Lord has done in me and what the Lord has done through me by my current circumstance, here's what I know. I know a couple of things. One, the people that I have really been able to share the gospel with and then disciple, the ones that the Lord are bringing to my mind in such a way that I am praying for them in this wonderful, thankful spirit, praising the Lord for them, the same Holy Spirit that's in me is in them. And the Lord will reveal to them the the error of the ways that people are saying about my situation. Never underestimate the Lord's ability to show people what is real. There are always going to be people who who live blind. They're going to walk blind. They're going to act blind. Uh, and, And perspective says, wait a minute, I'm walking in the light. So I just understand that they're not able to see the love of Christ has, the, has been shown to me. So I'm going to pray for them. I'm going to encourage them. And what will happen in all of this, your joy ultimately is going to um, ultimately uh, bring a right perspective. You're going to be able to look at the same situation, all of the critics, everything's, and you're going to go, wait a minute, I'm okay. I don't have to have their vote because I already have the most important vote. Mm-hmm. I have Jesus Christ. And your heart will be settled and joy will begin to rise at a level that your critics will simply not understand. Mm, that is powerful. I mean, and again, it, it's everybody has these these issues. You know, whether whether you you know you, it doesn't mean you have to have a damaged past to have these chains in your life. You can have them, and and it doesn't mean that you're you know you're just a mean person, and that's why you're being criticized or that you're even wrong. Uh, we just amass critics as time goes along, and especially in a world where they're they're kind of sold into unrighteousness, where uh, you know good is being called evil and evil is being called good. You can expect criticisms uh, to begin to arise in your life, but but so it's it's impossible that Jesus said it this way: it's impossible that you can live in a place where there is no offense, where offenses don't come. It's impossible. You you can't in this life get away from that. But how you view them, how you see, and, and, and that determines then how you respond to the criticisms, how you respond to the chains, how you respond to the issues of life. Uh, that makes all the difference in the world. And that's really this, this beautiful kind of joyful Christ life truth, this joy principle that we want to share with you here, that it's a uh, uh, there is a place in Christ and a joy in Christ 
that brings us a whole new view, a whole new perspective. And, and it turns the chains uh, into a different kind of a situation. It turns our, it, it helps us to react to the criticisms in a whole different way. And it helps us to redefine what is a crisis. Because, you know, Paul, Paul's defining here a crisis. It's, it's interesting. Uh, even that phrase that you started out with, where if we're honest, we put in, you know, to live is baseball or to live is family or to live is whatever it is. Uh, and, and Paul fills it in saying that to live is Christ. Okay. And so everything I'm about is what he's saying is, is from Christ. Well, that's the joy. That's the relationship. That's the, his life, his identity, his ministry, his value, his personhood, his everything is tied up in Christ. And to die, I mean, I would fill it in a few other ways. In my world, I say it all the time. Hey, I'm never going to die. I'm going to live forever. And so, you know, whatever age I am now and however white my hair is, hey, the fact is I'm going to live forever. And so I'm a pretty young person in terms of how I'm going to live forever. Because for him to understand when I die, it's not the end. In fact, when I die, I gain. And what do I gain? I gain access. I gain this understanding. I gain this fulfillment of all of these things. And I understand that that this isn't this isn't a crisis. And so part of his crisis that he's writing about here that I think is really powerful, here's the crisis that he talks about. He said, you know what? I, I'm, I'm looking for that. I'm ready for that. I'm just, in fact, I, I'm just, I got my ticket punched. I'm ready to go. And, you know, if they decide that they're going to kill me here, that's a pretty good deal. That's a pretty good deal because here's the crisis. I'm kind of torn between these two things. I could just go home and be with the Lord here. And I'll be good with that. I'm good to go. Woo-woo. But because God has gifted me, he's not just guided me. He's not just graced me. He's actually gifted me here. And my gifting is going to be a benefit to you guys. I suppose it's probably really good if I also stay. Because then I can impart some of that to you. We can share more of that. This perspective that God has brought to me. Uh, we can share, and it can become a part of your life and your faith as well. And so he ends by saying, so, so I kind of think that's probably how it's going to work out, that I'll stay with you. But isn't that beautiful? It's because he, he's not troubled by the crisis. He's not troubled by the critics. He's not immune to it. He's not troubled by the change. He, he, he experiences them all. But his perspective on all of them is, is, is just smeared with and laden with and influenced by this joy of the Lord, this joy of God's presence, this amazing love and calling of God in his life. And I, I think that is available, not just if it worked in his life, then certainly I believe it can work in your life and in my life as well. And really, that's our prayer for you, that whether you feel like you're in chains, whether you feel like you're amongst critics or in a crisis, that the joy of being in Christ is so strong that the enemy's not able to pull you out of it, but that ultimately that you have a heavenly perspective that will guide you powerfully through it. In Jesus' name, amen. God bless you. 
Hey, thank you again for joining us. We hope that our time together has been a blessing to you. And it doesn't have to end there. If you want to find last week's sermon, you can go to Facebook, YouTube, or you can listen to us on the audio podcast. You can let us know if you'd like to be further connected in a life group. But let me go ahead and pray as we close and say, God, thank you for being with us, Lord God. Thank you for helping us to carry your words, Lord God, and change our lives, Lord. Help us to carry your love to those around us. And we thank you for what you are doing. In Jesus' name, amen. God bless you and thank you for being a part. We hope to see you soon.